Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can uh, answer your questions and get you moved on to fixing your car this might be one of the last really nice weekends you can do whatever you want outside without uh without a sweatshirt i'm sure there's going to be other nice weekends but uh not like this one so i'm bob sitting next to me is kyle as always uh 558-1110 is the numbers to get in we're buchanan service centers at 50th and dodge 80th and dodge guaranteed breaks at 49th avenue and dodge i'm sure you got that project out there that you're looking for to uh to buy, you know, there's plenty of things out there right now. It's almost so, winter time. Get a good project. Yeah, yeah, ex- absolutely. Get a really good project. Really good project. Car. You know, part of fixing that car up is doing it. You know, and then the other half of it is just finding the parts. It's just yeah. What's funner, the the thrill of the hunt or putting it together? Ah, uh, you know, I'd say about fifty fifty. I don't know. For me, the, the thrill. De- for me, I mean, it depends on what portion of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once you find it, now you got to go do it. Yeah. Now <laughs> the project begins. <laughs> well, we were just talking off the air before, you know, before the show that you you found a part for your old truck, and it was on somebody else's truck, and you just went up to buy it. And yeah. He said, well, I've never had anybody ask me that before. Well, <laughs> today's the day. Today's the day. You want to sell it? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if he's got one on his truck, you know, everybody that puts a car together, if they've got one on their truck, they probably use the best one. Yeah, they got four or five others. They got, got, yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want another hundred? Who wouldn't want a uh, hundred dollar bill for the one that's laying in, in the backyard? Yeah, and you don't want the perfect one. You I want one that's you want the patinaed one. Can't sell that. I might get another one and have to fix that one up. Well, if yeah, you buy a brand it. new one, you're just going to have to take a ball peen hammer to it and paint it and then strip it and I mean, because you go for the authentic look. Yeah. Which is you got to strip it all down, take a torch to it, sit it out in the rain for a while, and try yeah. to paint it again. Yeah. Put Let it back it outside for another year and a half, and then it should be about matching. And that's exactly how they looked. I mean, then when I when I hauled mine out of the, the farmer's cornfield, it, it had at least six coats of paint on it. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty good shape because it was rust-proofed by him in a four-inch brush mm-hmm. with some uh, whatever paint he had left, whatever he yeah. didn't paint the barn that uh, that particular yeah, year. Paint that truck to match the barn. I need it to contrast so it looks like it ain't there. Yeah, well, it all started off base green. Then turned, I think mine turned to black. There was a red in there. He probably had his Husker phase, so it turned to red. And then, then he went yeah. out of his Husker phase. It turned to black, 
And then it, I think it had two more colors, but I don't remember what they were. I think he turned it back to green again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that was a pretty normal thing with old trucks anyway. Because, yeah. I mean, I've been sandblasting certain parts on mine, and you get a different color that pops up here and there. Like, well, look at there. I used to have a neighbor uh, many, many years ago that one day his, his car was green, and the next day it was dark blue. And I said, well, you, how did you paint that so quickly and so fast? Roller. He, he, so I, he went into his garage, came back out, and showed me the bucket and the four-inch paintbrush. Yeah. And uh, he says, I, I did it all in a weekend. <laughs> so yeah. Park it in the grass so that it all goes in the... Yeah, you see where in, I had to blend it here? That was real tough. <laughs> You park it in the grass so all everything drips onto the grass, and you mow it up when it when it you know, and then it's all gone. You oh, don't sure. ever have to worry about it. Yeah, I get it. Concrete keeps it forever. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna head over to Jim real quick. Jim's got an 07 Honda Ridgeline. Jim, what's going on today? Hello, guys. Um, the the, the Ridgeline has a button on the dash that you press to turn the cruise on. And a little light shows up on the dash, on the dash, uh, whatever instrument panel that shows that it's active. And then you can set it and use it. Anyway, uh, recently we were driving and I pushed the button, nothing happened. And I'm unable to use it. It just doesn't turn on. No light on the dash. Um, the other day I was coming home thinking, huh, I'll try it just for the heck of it. I turned it on. It came on. It worked. Uh, I turned it off, tried turning it back on, and nothing. So is that maybe a short in the switch? No. I looked I at the wiring. This. I looked at the wiring on the on the module or unit, whatever, that controls it. Uh, I don't see any loose wires or anything there. I bet the clock spring went bad. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, clock spring is behind the uh, steering wheel. Um, and that sends the signals to what you're pressing on the dash uh, down to the module to kick it on. Did you happen to look at, or do you know at all, if the uh, the brake lights work? I don't know. Never okay. checked. Yeah, most people don't. Most people don't. They drive around uh, with no tail lights, somebody... no brake lights. <laughs> yeah, you can't Unless see somebody them. tells you. <laughs> right, right. Well, so the cruise control is kicked off by the uh, the cruise con- uh, the brake light switch. So if the brake light switch wouldn't happen to work, it's part of the system, and it, the cruise control may not work from there, too. So that's just an easy thing you can check to see if the brake lights are working sure. in the back. Sure. If they are, okay. the chances are that, that that switch is okay. It's a two-part switch, brake light switch and cruise control switch. Um, but the chances are probably better that, that it's not that. So we know, we know the, the lights in the dash are coming on. Um, right. So it's got to be sending signals from the the switches on the da- or excuse me, switches on the steering wheel um, down to wherever it's at. So it might be kind of tough for you to figure out specifically what it is. We can kind of hook up a scanner and we can play with the uh, the remote control things on the on the steering column and say turn it on. Am I turning it on? Am I turning it off? Cruise control, all that kind of stuff. So we can check all that right through the clock spring. Um, if we don't, oh, gotcha. if we don't see those signals, then yes, we have a clock spring. Yeah. One thing okay. you, one thing you can try in your driveway: start the car up, just sitting there, and you know your cruise on/off button that'll trigger that light on your dash. 
Just mm-hmm. kind of push that button and turn your steering wheel different positions and see if it comes on or it won't come on over here, but it will over here. That'll tell you if the clock springs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it's oh, not. Give that a try. It usually just it's breaks. Not. It usually just breaks one or two wires. Doesn't break them all. Yeah. Right. Sometimes okay. you get a horn that doesn't work. Right. Sometimes you'll get something else. Your volume control on your radio. You know. Right. Any right. number of things. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll give those a try. Thank you, guys. You bet, Jim. Appreciate the call. Yeah, those, uh, you know, they used to have problems with those all the time. They don't have near as much problem as they, as they used to. No, every once in a while we'll get one in, but yeah, not terribly yeah. often. You're still turning right and left just the same amount as you were before. They've just uh, made them a little better than what they were. And Came crew- up with a better 30-gauge wire. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, and cruise controls just don't have that much problem as much as they used to. Once they kind of all went electronic, um, I'd probably say the majority of what we do when we fix cruises is um, brake light switch, you know, the combination brake light and cruise uh, switch and the, the clock springs. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, you'll get an ABS problem in there that'll keep it from coming on. Yeah. Not often. Yeah, not not often. And the ABS needs to be working. And he didn't mention any lights in the dash, so we kind of really didn't go there. No. But the ABS light has to track, the cruise control is kind of tracking each wheel speed sensor to know just how fast you're going and if something's if something's broke or busted or not working properly. Yeah. So you can't do a burnout and set your cruise control. Boy, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be so? I yeah. bet I could, you know. Wire around that? I bet you could. I bet I could. Yeah, put a little electronic line, line break on there or what have you and just. Yeah. Leave your truck with me this afternoon, Bob. I'll, I'll get do this that. Going. I'll do that. I, I need I need one other thing too. So I'll get okay, that yeah. Okay, yeah. No right. worries. I'll worry about the cruise control thing, and then I'll worry about whatever else. <laughs> I need new tires anyway. Why not? All right, five five eight eleven tens. The numbers to get in. Open lines for you. We'll be back in a minute. I was driving down a long and dusty road. My car sputtered dead and dropped a heavy load. The tow truck driver said, can I ask you why? Looked at my car, said, why even waste the time? He said, why bother wasting all your cash? And I said, I've fixed everything on this here piece of crap. I've fixed everything, man. I've fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. All big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fix everything. I fixed my air compressor, carburetor, anti-theft immobilizer, oil filter, air filter, redefruster, heat sensor, radiator, core condenser, windshield wiper, steering damper, clutch, master cylinder, and catalytic converter, HVAC, timing belt, steering column, brake pads, crankshaft, crankcase, cranky wife, drive shaft. I fixed everything, man. I fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fixed everything. I've worked on ABS, MBG, LED, CNG, ball joints, steering rack, airbag, CBT, fuel pump, ball bearings, dipsticks, spark plugs, kingpin, power steering, CBT, lug nuts, remote starter, powertrain, supercharger, drivetrain, tranny axle, transfer case, water pump, wheelbase. I've fixed everything, man. I've fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fix everything. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at BuchananService.com. 
All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, let's help you fix your car and figure out what we got to do. You know, we're also, um, for those of you that listen to podcasts, we are podcasting, and uh, you can catch up on all your previous issues, um, you know, for, all yeah, the way. You all, forget what we tell you, just hit the rewind. Yeah, yeah, in case you want to hear yourself on the radio a little bit. What was that question I asked, you know, and what was the answer they gave me? Yeah, you can go get back all the uh, back episodes of Mr. Mechanic and, uh, you know, the world's moving up. So Where do they find those, Bob? uh, You know, any of your local podcasts, whatever you do. There's CastBox is one of them, but uh, there's there's just a ton of of, uh, podcast things out there that you can go find. Spotify, I think. Yeah, Spotify, you know, Apple, all, all all the favorites, all the big ones were there. I just have to look for us a little bit. Also, you can get us on iHeartRadio, too, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, we can go through the weekend edition. There's Mr. Mechanic there, so you can go back and listen to. Uh, so I remember a couple of weeks ago, what did he say? I'm going to go back and find out. So Yeah, sometimes I got to do that. Yeah. Remind well, myself. Remind yourself. Uh, you know, here's something. Here, here's a guy, an article I found. A guy sent a Guinness Book of World's Records here just not too long ago. Going 48 mile an hour. Not really a world record there. You have my attention. He did it in reverse. Nine, 2017 Corvette Stingray. He did a, a sustained 48 miles per hour back and forth and uh, going through a trap. You know. Okay. Up, that's pretty good. Not bad. 48 mile an hour is fast. In reverse, yeah. Is fast. You know, most people can't go but a half a mile an hour before they hit something. And oh, you've you, seen people try to parallel park in this town? Yeah, <laughs> backing up ain't happening. Boy, and if you move that steering wheel even just the slightest, and that's probably why he did it in a Corvette, because the the steering is very tight. You wouldn't want to do that in a, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, essentially your rear steering, I mean, you know who could really do some, find a good forklift operator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he back up pretty good. Yeah. But that's what we need. I mean, we need like a, instead of like NASCAR where they're going forward, I mean, put it in reverse. Right, right. I just. I mean, we just got to start changing up all these sports because it's all been done. I mean, this record's beaten now. I mean. Yeah. You know, like I always say the Kentucky Derby would be much more impressive of a sport if they were doing it with cows. <laughs> you know, yes. take NASCAR, put them in reverse. They've already gone forward for 100 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to turn it around today, guys. Exactly. Surprise. The peak The peak speed was 54 mile an hour. And it's, so the average, you got to do an average of, you know, yeah, down and come back. that and, down. Yeah, that's, you know, that's quite a bit. So, uh, you know, there's still room for improvement, but. Uh, and that was in a Corvette. Yeah, yeah. It just seems fast. It seems like it could go. It seems like it would have more. It does. It it well because we're used to going forward, and that's easy. Yeah, I mean, is this guy sandbagging us? Is he wanting to like, oh, this guy got this? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Let me show you something you didn't know. Yep. Is he yeah. practicing somewhere that we don't know about? He's got to be practicing somewhere because I backed up because uh, I've been driving for a lot of years, and I've tried to back up, and I can't. I can't get past. 10, 15 mile an hour before it starts I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat this guy. Okay. I'll, I'll, how about we head out to a uh, a parking lot somewhere in town? All right. We'll do it tonight. One that doesn't have light poles in it. I'm going to do it with a trailer. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that is the next, yeah. You aren't really setting a record unless you can do it with a trailer. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to head over to John. John's got a turbocharger question. John, what's going on today? Well, I was on the Internet the other day, and I noticed that they're starting to sell these electric turbochargers. And um, my 3800 Buick motor has got a supercharger on it. And I wanted to get your take on these electric turbochargers. They're, um, they come with a control box, of course, the turbocharger, and the wiring, and um, the switch for the gas pedal, and um, this, that, and the other. And they're um, 2500 bucks. And I wanted to get your thanks. take on them. Well, an electric turbocharger. Yeah. I've never... I mean, this particular product, normally I keep up on all the speed and horsepower stuff, and I have not seen this particular product. I've read, I mean, a, I've read about it just a little bit. I haven't read too deep into it. I would imagine an electric turbocharger would react quicker, faster than what a... What a well, I mean, essentially yeah, I mean, one correct. would. I mean, all you've got is a desk fan. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean... I, you yeah. know... Yeah, there's a... There's a there's lot of... Yeah, there's a lot in play here, though. I mean, to coming on in at the right time, we had turbo lag for many years, and for you know, to, it seems like and if they have sat down and got rid of all of the potential problems, which they might have, I don't know. Well, it, I th- I think they have. I think there's no lag in this thing. Yeah, you know. I well, mean, yeah, it, I would assume goes, with it being electric. I mean, it would stay fairly. I mean, you're not relying on the engine to spool your turbo. You're relying on your computer to do that so yeah, yeah your lag's not going to be there no you're doing that in microseconds versus waiting for the exhaust to to go through it what kind of car are you putting this on john oh it's a 3.8 buick uh supercharged motor okay and you're gonna you got the supercharger now we're adding turbo to it no i'm gonna get rid of it, the supercharger and put this i'm um, thinking about putting this turbocharger on that's why i called you to get your okay. opinion hmm. what's wrong with your supercharger well, it's a stock one. Um, it's got a small pulley on it. Um, I just, I want more power. Yeah. I went to nine, nine to one compression on the pistons um, with thicker head gaskets and a better cam and a stock stroke and the ported and polished heads, which don't make much difference anyway with the supercharged engine, I don't think. Mm. But um, I'm going to try it anyway with headers. That's do, do they, and, um, uh, 2,700 stall uh, converter. Do they and they make a special adapter to to pull that super off and, and put a turbo on it? Well, I'm gonna make. No, one you got to make it. Welder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. Just put it right in line with the air cleaner to the um intake manifold. Sure. Yeah. Four inch in, four inch out. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it has its benefits, and like I say, I mean, I haven't really read it. Any of the pros and cons or, well, I mean, really even heard of this particular system. I'll have to look more into it and hear next week. Well, I'll tell you, I got a site here. Um, if you could, if you could, if you want to check on it, it's um, www.turboamp.com. Okay. And um, they sell these things, turboamp.com, A-M-P. Okay. okay, got it. Yeah, we'll check and, into um, it. Yeah, we don't okay. often get a horsepower and let's beef up the car question. On, on a, let's put on it a, this way. I seen the Chevy. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was a four-cylinder. And on the on the dyno, this thing made 123 horsepower with this turbocharger on it. Sure. 
And um, I can't remember what the horsepower is of the motor. It's a four-cylinder, like I say. It was uh, naturally aspirated, and uh, like I say, so. Well, you know, nobody's done it until somebody tries it. So uh, I say let's try it. Yeah. Send me pictures when you when you got to go and we want to hear about it. Yeah, I'm going to swing up to your gas station and show you guys one of these days and I get this darn thing running. All right. There you go. We'll Do be it. there. We'd love to see it. Okay. Have All right. Thanks, John. Thanks, you John. bet. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, 558 is the number to get in, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. So those of you hanging online, be right back. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. We're going to shoot straight into the calls. We've got a full bank. So, Paul, Paul's got an 07 Trailblazer. Paul, what's going on today? Hey there. I, uh, I've got about 145,000 miles on it, and I just recently replaced the O2 sensor on the engine block because it was throwing a code. And then there's a, isn't there one of those on, a, on the catalytic converter, too? Yeah, you'll have an upstream and a downstream. There should be two of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Should I do the, the – I didn't do the one on the cat or the downstream. Should I do that one too? It's got the same miles. Yeah. It's got the same miles, and uh, I probably would. Did, did the O2 solve your problem? i got to ask that question first. Yeah, it did. Okay. okay. So you, did you have a heater code problem, or what did you have? It said lean bank uh, one or something like that. Okay. okay. The reason we ask that question is because oxygen sensors can fix lean or rich conditions. But most of the time, it's something upstream from that that's causing a rich condition, causing the O2 sensor to go to lean and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if that would come back on, you probably have another problem upstream. That, that mm -hmm. about right, Kyle? Yeah. So if it... It, it, can, it can solve your problem, but to answer your question is, yeah, it's got the same amount of miles on it. Uh, you got the upstream now switching really good, and probably the downstream switching okay. It's not mm -hmm. switching bad enough that the cause the check engine light to come on, but my guess is it mm -hmm. probably will. Well, yeah, because the mileage on this thing, it's, you know, if I'm, I'm getting like consistently between 14 and 15 at the best, does that kind of sound typical for one of these things? Yeah, not too bad. Your secondary yeah. O2 is only checking the catalytic converter. That's it. That's, oh, all, okay. that's all it's doing. Your your upstream O2 is is the one that's doing all your computer control adjustments. Okay. So, so it, it'd probably be a good idea since, like you said, same mileage. Yeah. And I, I, or, uh, or you know, or just leave it alone, and uh, if the light never comes on for that, then you've saved X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. you know, okay. Either camp works. All right. Well, all right. that's all I had. I appreciate your input. Yep. You bet, Paul. Appreciate the call. All right. We're going to head over to uh, Dale, 2014 GMC Sierra. What's going on today with the Sierra? Well, I got my grandson Sierra, and last week he had heard a noise in his right front end, and he thought it was the wheel bearing. <laughs> so we replaced the wheel bearing uh, assembly. And he took it back out, and he still had the noise. And I had never driven it prior to that. I just took his word for it. But mm -hmm. anyway, when I did it afterwards, when I went out and drove it afterwards, he still had the noise. At 30 miles an hour, it start. It sounds like a, to me, it sounds like a squirrel cage fan bearing. 
kind of. It's not real consistent, but from 30 to 40 is when I could hear it. Mm-hmm. And I okay. got above 40, and it didn't do it. But he claims it still does it over 40, too. But um, I just wondered if, you know, you guys had any wor- with words of wisdom there. We also changed, you know, the tire from front to back to see if it was in the tire or something. Right. But that's always <laughs> Well, my words of wisdom are noises can be fun, um, especially when you it's, they're, they're, it's hard to find out exactly where they are. The first thing that I would probably do, and Kyle's mentioned this in the past on the show here, is that you go out, uh, get up to speed when you can kind of hear it, and move this, the steering wheel from side to side. See if it is changing pitch. See if it's going from noisy to quit, or it's you know it's, it quits and then it goes back to noisy. And if you're doing that from side to side, and, and not not changing lanes or any bit, but you're you're moving the steering wheel back and forth mm-hmm. pretty good. You're changing the load of the vehicle, right? And generally, when you turn one way and it makes the noise, and you turn the other way, you know it's always going to be the opposite side of which right. way you're turning. But you're loading I the mean, bearing and unloading the bearing, and that's what we're trying to do. So that would allow you to be able to say, okay, it mm. it is or is not the front wheel bearings. Okay. And if it's does it seem to does load affect it like if you're on standing on the gas pedal is it going to be louder or is it louder when you let off the gas? Well, I you know I kind of did all that and I, I kind of let off when I heard the noise and as soon as it dropped below thirty it quit mm-hmm. and, uh, and I so it's more speed related than it is load related. That's what I'd say. Yes. Okay. Could be an axle bearing. Is this a four wheel drive? Yes. Okay. Yeah, could be. You something. could possibly have a carrier bearing. I mean, normally those will be kind of, you know, more load affected. But mm-hmm. I guess it anything's get, possible. Gets up to a certain speed, it kind of goes away. What he's alluding to also is a rear pinion bearing. Um, you, so you've kind of think you've tracked it to the right front, though, correct? Or it's correct. Okay. Well, correct. All right. So it's, it's, it's somewhere in that right front area, and even I, you know, I thought maybe it was the fan motor, so I clicked on the fan, and it it stayed the same. You know, the fan inside. Okay. So yeah. I don't think it's a stroke cage. And typically, you won't have a bad bearing out of a box. That's just very odd yeah. to kind of have that. You know. Did you torque down that center nut? Did you use a torque wrench, or did you just hit it with an impact? He did it with a. He did it with just a socket and a kind of a cheater bar. Okay. okay. So he got it somewhat close to a torque spec. Yeah. And yeah. and if it's rusty, a lot of times you won't get them all the way tight and like you should. So, uh, uh, you know, the biggest well, thing. I cleaned it all up and everything. And, okay. And it looked good, and I think it's, it tightened it up good. So Yeah. Sure. You know, the biggest thing here is just trying to isolate down to all four corners of which one it is. And if you've got, you don't have much rotating going on. You either got a wheel bearing or you got a four-wheel drive axle bearing in the front that's that's causing that noise. And you know, other than lifting it up and putting it on the ground and getting underneath there and listening to it, you might have to have that particular part diagnosed a little bit as to where the noises are. I hate to tell you that noises can be. Noises can be easy, and they can be a large pain. It, they really yeah. can. Working in the driveway where the noise doesn't—it's tough. Doesn't help things much. Yeah. 
that's kind of why I wondered if, you know, you guys ever ran into this on that. So we've, all run, the time. we've run into it. It just depends on which uh, scenario it is and whether it's coming from the back or the front. Sometimes a middle can sound like the right front or yeah. I've had the right front be the left front. Um, you know, it all depends. Everything drive related is basically through a tube or a solid piece of metal. Noise carries. Yeah. It carries a long way. Why don't you uh, lift it up in the air and spin those front wheels by hand and see if your left one's causing a problem? Okay. I'd be. I'd, try it. Yep, I'd try that first. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yep. If you need more help, give us a call. We'd be happy to, happy to help along. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be right back. All right. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We were going to shoot straight into the calls again. Jim's got an 07 Tahoe. Jim, what's going on? Hey, uh, yeah, I've got an 07 with the 5.3. Uh, I've got 239,000 miles. As you know, this has the option where it drops into the V4 mode when it's not pulling hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a coworker who has an identical one. At 180,000 miles, his lifters went out. And he was telling me it's because of that, that option when it drops down to V4. Now, I did find a bypass device on Amazon. Uh, that you plug into the scanner port, right? That will is is that something you think I should do? Well, it works. It, it does just trick the computer to go. It doesn't allow it to go into the four cylinder, um, right. which right. which the, it kind of works on high pressure oil that that locks them cylinder uh, them them lifters in and lifters out. So I have seen right. it. Um, I've used it on other vehicles, and it. You know, it, it does work. I haven't had any issues with the ones that I've had. Um, right. But but they still can go bad just on the mechanical side. Um, yeah. They're just not electronically doing it. So it isn't going to hurt anything. It, a lot of times what goes bad is either the rollers on them or mm-hmm. the just yeah. the lifter goes bad. Um, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, it, um, it, it you know, technically does work. Yeah, it'll turn right. it off. But, he, I mean. His options were. A, replace the engine or pull it and replace all the lifters. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to do that. Well, once they've, yeah, exactly. Once they've gone bad, there's obviously not a fix like that. But uh, getting them to stay in the V8 mode over there for the long, as long as you probably can is, you know, is certainly worth the investment of what you're going to pay. And it's usually a couple hundred bucks. But yeah, when they go bad, you don't really have an option. You know, you just go in, replace all the lifters and all the cam, then boom, back off you go. Or, um, you upgrade your cam to yep. a performance cam. Oh, yeah. then you get more power. Yeah, get a little, <laughs> a little better note out of the exhaust. Or you can go. Or the other thing he can do, which is you just do a bypass with a different cam and different lifters, and just delete all that stuff internally, and then you never have the problem again. Um, okay. All right. So okay. yeah, no, I there's nothing wrong with them. They work. Okay. All right. Well, I think I'll purchase one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks for the help, guys. You bet, Jim. Yeah. Appreciate the call. John's got an F-150. Uh, what do you got? 2016, John. What do you got? What's going on today? Well, it's not a problem right now, but uh, I can see that uh, when it gets cold. I, uh, I'm getting heat in the uh, through the dash vents only. I don't have uh, either defrost or down at the... Uh, my feet right you're right uh, it is going to be a problem soon isn't it if you're going to want to see out the windshield yeah i 
sooner or later, I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've either going to have a blend door actuator motor, um, or you got a mode door. And what's your problem there is is more likely the mode door. It's not going from defrost vent to floor. And you're you're just stuck on a default probably to. Uh, no, the default should always be defrost. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. The default is unless it's stuck. Unless it's stuck and not moving. So. Yeah. Unless something has fallen down the vents up top and got it jammed in one spot. Take your glove box out. There's going to be a motor behind there. Take that off and see if your door moves by itself. Yeah. If the door moves by yourself okay. and you're able to move it from defrost vent and floor, we know everything inside the box is okay. Now Which we got to go to the electrical part. Right. And then the, that that boils down to am I getting signal to that particular part? So then after you know the box works okay and you know it goes back and forth, which is great because that just is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Then you've got an electrical motor there or the head control is not sending a signal to that motor. Okay. Uh, If if it's, uh, would it burn out if I hadn't done it for uh, a while? I, you know, this summer I didn't... uh, um, uh, you know, it, it didn't yeah. bother me because, you know, there's the air conditioner, but, uh, not typically, uh, not typically just, okay. a, just there's about no rhyme or reason. They just, go they bad. just go bad. They're all plastic, plastic body, plastic gears, plastic, plastic, plastic. I mean, everybody's in the summertime st- stays on def- uh, on vent for six, eight months mm-hmm. until it has to go right. to defrost. So no, that's pretty typical. They they'll stay in one spot and then they'll go to defrost for six months. So yeah. no, just one of those things. Sure. Okay. Well, that sounds like uh, something for me to do this afternoon. Yeah. So, you know what you you know what you can do is you can get yourself uh, the biggest hammer you can find and gently tap on it and see if it all starts working. And then if it starts working, <laughs> you know exactly what your problem is. You know you don't have to take a swing at it, but you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things in life we want to take a hammer to, so uh, this is a perfect opportunity for you to get it out of the toolbox. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. All, All right. Thanks. Thanks, John. Let us know if we need some more help. All right. We're going to head over to George. George's got a 98 Dodge Ram. George, what's going on today? Yeah, I've heard some other people call about this, but I've got uh, a situation where uh, if my my air conditioner's running and my heater's running or whatever, and if I go up a hill, um, you know, I lose vacuum, and I can hear the vents switching uh, from, like it may, if I have it uh, to the to the uh, dash in the floor or something, it'll switch, it'll go up to defrost, you know, the, 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 uh, um, <clears throat> the vents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a couple ways, at least I know, that you can try to diagnose what's going on, at least as far as finding the the leak. And one uh, one I saw on the web was uh, people using like a, a carburetor cleaner and spraying it around the, the vacuum lines. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're you're aware of using, doing that type of thing, but I'm you know trying to find out where that vacuum leak is. But the, the one thing I did notice is I, like all my vacuum lines that I have here, they're 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 very hard. They're very small diameter, but they're a very hard plastic line. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, the question I have is, uh, you know, repairing them or fixing them or straightening them out is that a, is that a problem or do I need to you know what do I need to do about that? How to ha- how do we handle that? 
like what kind of material do you use or how do you go about finding well, the, the problem well the other like, like i said the other the other the other uh, type issue or the other way that the, the people said to find it is if you can is to take off one vacuum line at a time and see if that stops the you know see if see if you can kind of narrow down where well, at what point that yeah that's one way to go about it um but i mean if you're going to go spray carburetor cleaner everywhere for an hvac problem i mean you're going to have your dasher part and spraying carburetor cleaner on everything and yeah. you're not going to get any kind of change that's yeah. more for if you have a surgy idle or something like a big vacuum leak that you're going to spray it in, you're not going to use that for HVAC. Yeah, we should. There's, there's easier ways to do this. So what I would do, I, what I do on all these HVAC systems that use vacuum, you can get the control head out of that thing real easy. There's one vacuum line from source, and it's always black. Take your vacuum gauge, plug into that, take it out and drive it. Is your engine actually losing vacuum? If you maintain 15 inches of vacuum going up a hill, your engine and all your hoses under the hood are fine. Look at that switch because the switch will leak. And then also go down to your vacuum actuator, pull it all the way one way because it's going to be a spring one way and vacuum holds it. Put your thumb on that vacuum hole. If it holds it, you know your actuator's fine. Yeah, if it doesn't, it's bad. Go down, And also in your fender, um, in your fender, find the vacuum ball. Yeah, there'll be a vacuum canister. Yeah, so that hard lines that you're talking about, those can rub through yes, a period of time. But at the end of every hard line is a rubber line, and usually that rubber line is what breaks. So that's why. Okay. Yeah, that's what you want to look at, and then the rest of it, you know, just exactly as Kyle described it, you'll you'll find a vacuum leak, and, and then you can solve your problem pretty easily. Okay. All right. Thanks. You bet. Appreciate the call. That's another quick hour, Kyle. Yep. We'll have to do it all again next week, which we will. 558-1110 is the numbers to get back in. I'm Bob. Kyle. See you next week. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.